So now we finally come to Pontius Pilate, uh, the one who ultimately executes Jesus, or at least it's directly under his authority. Um, Pilate, I kind of have a soft spot for Pilate. Not in the sense that I think he was a good guy. I think we, from what we know, he was terrible. Um, but he just gets so like outplayed, outmaneuvered. See, the, uh, the chief priest, or the high priest, Caiaphas, and the chief priests, the ones who really pushed to get Jesus executed, um, they know what they need to do to make that happen. Uh, Pilate would have been the only one in the region uh, who could authorize execution by the state. Um, so either him or somebody that he, you know, kind of ordains with that sort of authority. And they know what Pilate fears most, which is threat to Roman interests, safety, and security. See, the week that Jesus died is, of course, uh, the week leading up to Passover. And... Uh, Pontius Pilate normally spent most of his time up north, up in Caesarea Philippi, but he knew that when Passover was coming, he had to go down to Jerusalem and bring hundreds, potentially thousands of his uh, uh, closest friends with weapons. Because they knew that if the Jewish people were going to get uppity, start to realize that they resent Roman rule and that it's time for them to be free, it was going to be the, the week of Passover. This was the week when they celebrated and remembered that their forebears were slaves in Egypt and God rescued them. Um, that's going to get them going ready for a fight. So Pontius Pilate would take up residence in Fortress Antonia, which overlooked the temple complex. And his goal there was to just make their presence known in case things started to get out of hand. Now that actually explains something else that happens this final week of Jesus' life. You'll, if you're familiar with the, the story, as Jesus is entering Jerusalem his disciples and some other people get palm branches and wave them and blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord and Hosanna and all that, you know, Palm Sunday, which we'll be celebrating this weekend. And if you recall, some people come to Jesus and say, you've got to tell your disciples to stop. Now, typically we hear that as, oh, those faithless people just don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Um, Sure, that's true, but the people who are getting panicky there are probably more concerned about Pilate and his buddies. They get the symbolism that his disciples are acting out, proclaiming Jesus as some kind of royal figure, and they know that if Roman authorities get whiff of this, they're going to be mad, and then they're going to kill a bunch of people. So in essence, their fear makes a lot of sense. They're not right, but they make sense. So that's what Pilate represents. His goal is just to maintain the peace. He was not terribly good at it. 
as best we can tell. Um, he, uh, he was governor for a while, and he, uh, he, was, uh, he ends up getting, uh, his, he, he gets his, um, his governorship removed in the year either 36 or 37. So six-ish years after he and Jesus face off because he puts down a Samaritan rebellion so violently that even the Roman authorities are kind of squeamish. In case you don't know, if the Romans are saying, whoa, you need to calm down, that was too violent, guess what? <laughs> you have a problem. Now, Pilate's uh, history with the Jews was, uh, was pretty mixed. He was constantly uh, stepping over some of their customs. There was a point where he wanted to get a, uh, a golden eagle, a, uh, an image of Roman, uh, the Roman military into the temple complex, which is really, really bad if you're Jewish. That's breaking, you know, at least one of the commandments, if not two. And they're like the first ones, the most important. Um, as you can imagine, that turned into a mess. And so his time, as, as far as we know, was, was him constantly tripping over this. Um, so leading up to Passover, the high priest and the chief priests let him know that they have a troublemaker, this Nazarene. And Caiaphas, like I said, knows exactly what to tell him. He says, this guy claims to be a king. Now, already we've got a problem. There's no king but Caesar, according to Pilate, and eventually to the chief priests, which is a pretty grave sin on their part. Um, and the Jewish people have kind of a track record of people claiming to be king or claiming to belong potentially in that role. And they get a group of people together and whipped up into a frenzy, and then it turns into a bloodbath. So what they've done is set Jesus up for that accusation. If Jesus is in fact claiming to be a king, and if, especially if he has a following that are really into it, which he does, then he will be deemed a threat to Roman safety, security, and their interests, and he will, they will kill him very publicly. And yet Pilate, backed into this corner when he's talking to Jesus... He doesn't seem like a threat. I mean, when he asks, like in our reading, when he asks, are you the king of the Jews? Which is an official title, by the way. Um, Jesus explains that his, his kingdom is not of this world. Now, the language there uh, um, will denote like an origin. My kingdom does not originate in this world, but it is for it, right? And then if you notice, he said, if it were of this world, my followers would be fighting. Which is, just makes perfect sense. If you think this guy is going to be the next king of Israel uh, and he's been captured, all right, it's hurting time, but his disciples don't. So you can kind of imagine, or at least in your imagination, like see the wheels turning in Pilate going, what is going on here? Um, there was a movie with, uh, starring Joseph Fiennes called Risen, which I actually really love. 
Uh, and it depicts Pontius Pilate, and I love the depiction because he's always frustrated. This, just, just constantly frustrated, constantly tripping over his feet, and, and when presented with this idea of Jesus, just over it. Now, at the end of this particular reading, um, we're told that Pilate realizes that Jesus is innocent, which means he has a decision to make. Does he push back? I mean, he's the one in charge. He's the governor. Granted, the high priest and the chief priests are very influential among the people, and Pilate needs everyone to be kind of happy. So does he stand up for what he thinks is right? Or does he do what's easy? It's not a spoiler. He does what's easy. <laughs> um, then they have an exchange, and, uh, um, and then Pilate in, uh, interviews or interrogates Jesus again, and there's a, a moment where he's questioning him, and Jesus is just silent. We're going to come back to that. But once Pilate realizes that um, his hands are, not, are, are basically tied, even though he's the one that has to make the decision, they've... Politis, politically maneuvered him to the point where, okay, I have to execute this guy because if I don't, they're going to go around telling people that this Nazarene is claiming to be king of the Jews. That's going to eventually get back to the emperor. Things are not going to go well for me. So, fine. Fine, I'll, I'll just kill this guy because it's quicker and easier than doing what's right. Little insight into Pilate. So he, he goes and famously, you know, washes his hands. Like, I wash my hands of this. As if that does anything? Does you think that means anything? I mean, I can't go rob a bank and then wash my hands and say, no, 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 no. See, I'm, I don't have any culpability here. Doesn't work like that. Um, but Pilate, at the very end, does finally stick up for something that he actually thinks to be true. If you were, if Rome was crucifying you, they would customarily put some indication of what the charges were, because crucifixion is meant to be public, it's a deterrent, it's propaganda. Mess with Rome, this is what happens. Boy, was it effective. And so when it came time to put the charges down for Jesus, it says, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. This irks the chief priests. Because it's not a qualified statement. He's just saying this guy's actually the king of the Jews. <laughs> Spoiler, he turns out he is. Um, and then the, the chief priests are like, no, 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 no. Just say he claimed to be the king of the Jews. And finally, Pilate stands up for himself and says, what I've written, I've written. Interestingly enough, there's a... Um, a a later church tradition among like the Ethiopian Christian church, I think Ethiopian Orthodox or Coptic churches, that actually uh, they think that Pilate became a follower of Jesus after this. And so they, they regard him as a saint. I don't buy that. <laughs> but it at least indicates how strong that last statement is. Pilate thinks that this guy, there's something special about this guy, but it's way easier to just kill him. Now, I am willing to bet 
that nobody here has gone the easy route and just murdered somebody instead of doing what they knew to be right. Um, at least I hope. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Um, there's always forgiveness, I guess. Um, but uh, how many times have I done the, the easy thing instead of, uh, instead of the right thing? It's kind of a daily thing. I mean, it's way easier to just not talk about it than have an open, honest, loving conversation. Insert your context here. It's a lot easier. It's way easier to tell a little white lie just to smooth some things over. It's not true, but eh, whatever. No one's going to catch you. That's easier. It's way easier to ignore the litter that I walk by on the sidewalk than pick it up and actually care for God's creation. I think one of the compelling things about Pilate is that he's so relatable. Once you peel back the power and authority of Rome, like I get Pilate because Pilate's me. And I'm willing to bet Pilate's you, at least a little bit. Human beings just have this tendency that, that if it's easier, I'm going to do that instead of sticking up for what's true and right. And that's so much the case that some of our best cultural stories are about people who do the thing that is right instead of the thing that's easy. Those are the movies that we like to watch, the stories we like to hear and read. Because it kind of suggests that we tend to do the opposite. And so when you actually do that, you're the hero. So Pilate, even though he represents the might and power of Rome and all that good stuff, I mean, he's, he's about as human as they come. I get Pilate. Um, as uncomfortable as that might be. So when Pilate and Jesus are talking, not in this reading, um, Pretty sure it's right after that because it, it's late and I just had a wonderful New Mexican food and so I feel heavy and tired. Um, and just an aside, man, y'all keep saying this isn't that spicy. Guess what? It's still spicy. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You can, you can insult me and call me a big baby. That's fine. Um, I just need to get that on the record. So... Um, <laughs> Where, where Pilate uh, metaphorically starts turning the screws a little bit, starts flexing uh, the, the power that he represents, and Jesus' response is to be silent. Now, I don't know about you, but when you have two people that are in some kind of conflict... Uh, there's like a power struggle. There's some kind of power dynamic going on and they're vying for control. Whether this be in a relationship, a business partnership or, or something like that. Uh, or even think of like a sales scenario where some one party extends an offer. The next person who speaks loses. 
or in that conflict, power dynamic, whatever, the person that's silent is the one taking control. Uh, pun not intended, but that speaks volumes. We're, I, Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows Pilate. He knows that, that he's going to do the easy thing, that he's been backed into a corner because that's what their conversation is about. And yet Jesus is not willing to let him off the hook and say, you got me. And Jesus is in a few short hours going to go first to his tortured execution and then to his grave. Even for the guy who did the thing that was easy instead of the thing that was right. And to make things even more complicated, because human beings are complicated, he's going to go to his grave for the guy who not only did betrayed truth, but also still kind of, he, he knew. He was one of the few that actually knew who Jesus really was. And it's never a good idea to compare yourself with other people because that's just how you become spiritually unwell, aside from emotionally unwell and just miserable. Um, but if Jesus goes to his grave for Pilate, it's a little more understandable that he'd go to his, his grave for me. Because I am Pilate. And so are you. And then I can only imagine, and we just get a few glimpses of it, the headache that Jesus caused Pilate when rumors start to fly around that he was not in that tomb anymore. It's not only he, but the chief priests, those who were pulling the strings behind, realize something has happened and we did not see it coming. And for us, it of course becomes the defining moment in all of history. Amen.